Are you with me? I'm with you. Right here. All right. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, you up too. That was yep. the voice I didn't hear. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. That that mean that 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 mean that wife of mine is up. Uh-huh. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Bless her heart. I talked to her about an hour ago and uh, That was too early. <laughs> well, you know, I get up early. I get up early. And uh, I was thinking Pastor Booth is he's out in the middle of the ocean right now, you know, swimming with SpongeBob. So he won't be here this week uh, and maybe not next week either. Hmm. So uh you know, the man works like a like an Ar- Argentinian slave, so you know, I guess he deserves a vacation every once in a while. But uh, so, but I was thinking last night. I was uh, uh, asking. I have sometimes conversations in my head, and, and since I am the authority on all things church, I, I I can't trust anybody else to to discuss it with. So I discuss it with myself. You know how to do it, Mama Bell, when you the authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, and I asked, I said, you know, we don't really spend time in church to really check on people, see how they're doing, you know, hear this. Like me and Mama Bell, sometimes you just have fun laughing and making people, you know, Mama Bell. I, I realized this morning that Mama Bell's toenails was hurting, and the reason why her toenails hurt because she was scratching my foot. And that's the reason why my heel is hurting. So you wouldn't have known that if we didn't communicate. <laughs> And now we feel better because we know. It, exactly. Now I feel better because I know who to fuss at. Like, get off my heel. You, you want your nails to stop hurting? You stop scratching my foot. You see how that? You see how that works? It's called communication. And I appreciate us for being able to communicate and, and share and make sure everybody's doing. I'm almost scared, but back in the day, they used to have a thing called testimony service. <clears throat> I'm scared of that because uh, you know. Uh, it, it somehow turned into a infomercial for your favorite and local stores when people would give God because or give God praise and shout and run because they caught a washing machine on sale. You know, you know how that was. And, and they went down and they got the washing machine and they came back and realize that they had to go back because they realized the watch she had a dent in it and they shout because they got their money back that was a store policy but that's all right <clears throat> but we don't really check on people why are you laughing at me it's the truth you know sometimes God ain't got nothing to do with it it's store policy you know but good testimonies can help to heal and encourage each other and and pray for each other and and uh, especially as the times is changing now I don't know if any of you know but Dr. Murray is retiring over there at First Baptist Butte Street 
Yeah, we know. Well, you knew I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. I heard a little while back. <laughs> Apparently, he, he announced it in September. Yeah. But yeah, it was in that paper called Journaling Guide. I don't know what that is these days, so you know that's why I ain't hear about it. Um, but uh, yeah, he's leaving. That that I, I found that out last night. Almost hurt me to my heart a little bit. Oh, you just heard about it last night? Oh. Yeah, yeah, just heard about it last night. You know, I, I know, I know you you seen your people. You 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 you. You wise statesmen of the city of Norfolk have more exposure to the First Baptist Butte Street than I. But you have to understand that the only thing I know about First Baptist is Dr. Murray. There is no other name before him. And us young people who are 30 and 35 years old, somewhere in that age range between... You know, us 80s babies, us 80s church babies, that's all us 80s Baptist church babies are connected to same. That's all we know is Dr. Murray. And so there's a lot of young people who are seeing their childhood go down the drain. Well, not go down the drain, but their childhood is dimming now. And uh, so I watched their service last night and uh, well their Sunday service should I say I just watched it last night and it was a very uh, somber moment to them I, I don't know if this past Sunday was his last Sunday I don't, I don't, I don't know the details of it but it was uh, almost like he did his finally my brother and I bid you farewell on Sunday mm. so mm. Yeah. You know, that was sad. Yeah, you know, that's my home church. And I think highly of him. Yeah. I went to Bible school there, and I took a lot of these kids there with me to Bible school for two or three years. And, you know, Michael's age and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my first experience in church pulpits mm-hmm. was next to Dr. Murray. Was there all fine, yeah. fine person. Yeah, yeah, fine young man. Fine. If there's any man that's a good preacher, it's Dr. Murray. Oh, I'm glad that he say that. And his wife when, is also a good person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't going to make this Dr. Murray hour, but I was at the Farm Fresh. <laughs> and I was working there, and I was back in the back cleaning toilets. And... uh <laughs> my name was called on the speaker this little girl now that I think about it she might have had a crush on me and I ain't know it but she always had an attitude with me I ain't understand girls back then and uh, she said that woman over there won't you it sounds like she got a crush on me now don't it now that you heard the attitude and everything. Oh, yeah yeah it really does I yeah I, I wish you I wish you had explained that to me some time ago I might have understood it but you know <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the soul. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Sister Elizabeth. Well, anyway, I, w- I came up and I saw this woman and she said, that woman over there wants you because we would take people's groceries to the car. And I was uh, 
feeling some type of way. I, I don't. I deal with that a little bit later about my thoughts and feelings at that moment in time and life and all that stuff. I've been talking about it periodically. I'm sure you've been listening. I thank you for that anyway. But there was Miss Murray. And Miss Murray said uh, they offered to take my groceries to the car and I said, no, call Eric. I want him to get the tip. I didn't know, who she, I didn't know she knew who I was. Mm-hmm. But she did. She, she called. She said, where's Eric? Have him come take my groceries. She gave me twenty dollars that day oh, to put her groceries in her car. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we ask mm-hmm. you to give your thoughts and prayers. Any other thoughts and prayers or requests that anybody want to to uh, to share this morning? Uh, anybody have any ideas? Yeah. Or, Uh, I will say this uh, to not uh, put more burden on grandmother please pray for her brother yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, uh, all, I, all I will say is we can see the exit on the highway mm-hmm. you can figure that out way, any way you choose yeah so and keep I- him mm-hmm. ma'am and I have a friend that is also to pray for. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, and uh, I, I I would say this personally to keep the Caridi family. That's Brother Dennis. I'm not going to. I'm sure he will share what was on his heart. But keep his family in your prayers as well. He's here this morning, but you know, oh, keep wow. his family okay. in your prayers. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, 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 the 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 wife's family, Mama Mildred, and there's some some challenges over there. Uh, just send a prayer that way. We don't have to discuss the details of what's going on over there, but they got some uh, some challenges over there. So uh, keep your keep them in 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 your prayer. Right around the holidays, it's kind of hard when you. You know, we're going to start fighting around holiday. Anybody, I mean, you know, it's just challenges. Everybody yeah. fighting something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be peaceful now, but, you know. So those are the, the prayer requests that I have to put before you. And all these fine people out here that's suffering now, this Omicron. Don't like we'll ever get out of this pandemic, do it? <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. So we have a new strand of that, so keep that in your prayers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here while you you take a few moments, and there may be some things that you uh, wish to pray about quietly. You can uh, do that, and uh, then we'll turn it over. Brother Dennis is going to uh, do his meditation. He's also going to uh, uh, pick up some of Booth's duties this morning as well, so we're going to kind of tie all that in one. Uh, so, I will leave you to your personal prayer time and then Brother Dennis can take over when he feels led.
Thank you, Lord. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a Sunday morning. It's not real bright, but it's going to come, I know. You know, that's something we gotta, we thank God for. Ah, what a day. You know, I'm, I trust that Pastor Booth's going to have a great time and enjoy his little uh, couple-week vacation. And, and uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll deal with him when he gets back. Uh, you know, I was sitting here, you know, listening and, and talk, uh, Eric talk, and, you know, it, it's so uh, it, you know, when uh, when you say you know, okay, we're going to have some personal prayer time, you know, it it's a lot different when you're doing a I want to say like a, a corporate personal prayer because it's like okay, we got to pray where we pray it for, then then it's okay, it's time to quit. You know, it's a lot different than when you're doing your own personal prayer. At least in my mind, because when I'm doing my own personal prayer, guess what? There isn't a uh, you, you talk to God. You talk to God. I talk to God like I'm talking to y'all. It, it, it just, you know, sometimes it just flows. You know, Eric mentioned the family that, uh, you know, things are going on. You know, uh, you know during this time of year, I think that uh, uh, we as Christians are are uh, faced with a lot of different uh, issues because Satan wants to disrupt our celebration. Our celebration of the birth of Jesus, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to stand up. We have to fight back, whether it be uh, sickness or, or just uh, like Eric said, just family disputes. Those things arise, you know. Oh, I want to have a Christmas tree on this in the living room. No, let's put it over here in the dining room. You know, just little disputes like that could uh, erupt into making things a lot more difficult. You know, I want the nativity here. We always put it up here. Oh, well, let's put it over here so they can see it from the window. You know, uh, you know, just whatever comes up, comes up. But, you know, we have to remember that whatever we do, we have to do for the glory of God. Amen. And uh, sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and go, okay, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this sickness. We're going to get through this trouble because... I am not in charge. Thank God that I am not, because I really uh, have a habit of, uh, what do you call that, messing things up? Yeah, we as humans have that tendency, don't we? But anyway, okay. So today, I was, uh, this week, uh, looking at a few verses and trying to figure out which direction to go to, but, you know, the Lord always leads me somewhere that's totally different than what I'm thinking. But, uh, you know, the Old Testament talks a lot about the, Jesus is coming, and how we should react and what we should do, uh, you know, when when that happens, or even what we should just think about and prepare. You know, we have to prepare, and sometimes we have to prepare our own hearts and our own minds for what for what lies ahead. You know, uh, if we look at Jose Jose six three. You know, it, the, the, he talks about what what we should do. Uh, you know, and the thing is, you know, it says that let us acknowledge the Lord. Acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun will rise, He will He will come to us like the winter rains like the spring rains that water the earth, you know. 
we we have to acknowledge him. Yeah, he's going to come. <laughs> Surely he's going to come. We know that. Just as the sun rises and it's going to rain. You know, the Bible tells us that. You know, and the birth of Jesus was the same way. You know, they were preparing people for what was to come. And did they know that? No, not really. Did they understand it? No. You know, just like the... The disciples didn't understand what Jesus was talking about, that he was going to leave and go prepare, prepare a place for them uh, or us because we had no no clue, no clue, right? But uh, we have a clue. We, we know now, right, what he was talking about. We know now what the Old Testament was talking about, that, you know, he was, he was going to come. He was going to come. And we have to remember that, you know. And and, and, um, uh, and, and, and and to tie that in to a certain extent is Samuel 12, uh, 24, 1 Samuel 12, 24. It says, be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Wow. You know, that's <laughs> That's pretty, to me, that's, you know, it's powerful. Okay, consider everything that God has done for us. You know, what is that he's done for you as an individual person? You know, so we should, you know, we should, we should understand that. And, and, and we should, uh, you know, and, and, and is, is, is it uh, fair? You know, to me, it's like, okay, what do I do for God and, you know, uh, how I serve him, how I, uh, spread the news, good news about Jesus. But then, uh, you know, I get a lot more back from him than I give to him. Yeah, it should be the other way around. I should give him a lot more than he gives me. And I don't, you know, I, I personally don't think that will ever happen because he, he gives so much. You know, he already gave me so much. You know, I can never give back to him what he's already given me. And, and But we should still strive to do that. We should still try to, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, tit for tat, right? <laughs> yeah, but that never happens because you know God's given me what eternal life, and salvation, you know, the joy of knowing His Son, and 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 the forgiveness of my uh, stupidity, you know, forgiveness of my sins, forgiveness of my shortcomings, you know, everything that you can, you know, you line up on one side, and and on His side, it's just one big word grace and forgiveness it was like wow you know there's no way that I could compare to that I can't you know you know I can forgive people but I can't extend them the grace that God can extend to us right so we have to remember that we have to think about that God's grace is, is a lot more than we can always uh, ever give to anybody else so as we prepare for uh, this time of year for uh, to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, you know, we should celebrate the, uh, the sacrifices that uh, He's made for us. But we should also celebrate, you know, who we are in Him, what we are in Him, and what can we do to to just glorify Him, you know, just to make Him proud of who we are, you know, make Him proud of of, of uh, our service to Him, you know. My, you know, my thing is, you know, if I can make God smile, I'm, I'm happy. You know, if I can make Him laugh, 
I'm even more happier, you know. But you know, it's not even, you know, and uh, we would just keep going on, you know, because he's singing dance for me. Oh man, I, you know, I don't know what that would take for me to make him do that. But whatever it is, you know, I hope he shows it to me, because you know, I don't think anything would be greater than to see the joy on my father's face for something that I've done. So we have to think about that. We have to think about what we can do, what we can do to make our lives more in tune with what God wants us to do. And it's not an easy battle. It's not an easy thing. So we have to look back, look back to where we were, where we are, and where we want to be. And just remember that, you know, as long as we keep pushing on, pressing on, you know, the, the, the goal of being reunited with our Lord and Savior is always out there. It's there for us. It's there for us to, to hold on to and to cherish. Okay? So keep that in mind. We're going to take a few minutes now. We're going to pray. Okay? So let's let's take some time and let's, you know, open our hearts, our minds, but, uh, you know, just bear who you are to the God of, of our salvation. Let him know who you who you are, who you want to be. But we'll, we'll let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you that you can come together on a Sunday morning, that we can open your word and study, that we can try to help each other. But most of all, that we can come to you and, and just ask that you, you know, bless us, bless us corporately, bless our country, be with our uh, president, our, our legislators, our you know, our mayors, our council members, you know, everybody that, that uh, works after the government in some form or another, you know, we just, you ask, uh, you know, we, we protect them and, and give them the strength that they need, give them the strength to make the right decisions that will honor you, not honor them, but to honor you. And I know that, uh, you know, that's, that's not always the case, but, you know, let us understand the decisions that are made. Uh, that, that affect us, that we just pray and we just give us ourselves the strength to face what, what lies ahead. We ask you, you know, bless our families, be with those in our members that uh, little under the weather, uh, you know, whatever the reason might be, you know, you know what's on their hearts, uh, you know what you're going through, you know what, you know what they have to face, you know what, uh, you know, their uh, grandma facing with her brother and, and what she has to uh, make decisions or, or what she uh, uh, what's coming up we know that uh, you have already uh, you've already figured that out and uh, you just give her the comfort that she needs during this time Lord uh, you know there are uh, grandkids and, and family members and cousins and nieces and uh, extended family that you know need to touch need to touch need the touch from you but maybe they need the touch from us that, that says you you are Lord are the one that's in charge you're the one that can heal them you're the one that can take away their problems and we just ask Lord we just ask that you reach out right now and touch them let them know that we love them but most of all let them know that they are loved no matter what they're going through they are loved by our Lord and Savior and that he can help them through whatever they need to be uh, taken care of you know and we have to understand that you know Jesus Jesus is, is our salvation he's a great dealer you know 
and, and he can handle whatever whoever's in front of him. And, and we we understand that. We understand that from you know scripture, what the Bible tells us, and how he defeats the, the Satan, and how he overcomes things that are the adversity that are in his way. How he overcomes the, the storms on the seas and the disease of the air. Lord, we know that uh, you are in control, that you can take care of us, that you can reach out your hand and just touch us, but just in a way that we know that you're there, that you uh, just, uh, just just do what you need to do. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes it's not, you know, it's not our time, it's your time. And we just, you know, give us the understanding to accept whatever happens, that it's your will, Lord, and that we could use that to minister and to help others. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for our, our salvation. We just thank you that you uh, gave us your son. You, know, you brought him down from heaven and, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and started life for him that, that changed our life. We just thank you for that, Lord. We just thank you for who you are, what you uh, what you want for us, Lord, we just we just open our minds and our hearts to that. And we just ask that you guide us through it and give us the strength to face whatever, whatever lies ahead. But knowing that you are with us, you are beside us, you are leading us, and you are there for us to comfort, to wrap your arms around us, and to protect us. We thank you, God. We thank you. Amen and amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Nobody? Hello. Oh. Oh, you sound like Adele over there. Are you going to ask me how am I doing too? You don't know anything about that, I understand. Okay. Uh, good morning to all of you fine people. I was trying to figure out how Booth did this. You know, he's got his his nice, shiny way of saying things. You know, get your coffee and your cups. And, and uh, you know, it's a good time for you to go in here and get your coffee right now. And put it in the cup. Get your sugar out the cabinet or the cupboard. You know, put it in there. If you want to turn your bacon, go ahead and do that too. Because, you know, y'all get to doing that when I'm, when I'm in my thoughts. And it makes me hungry. And uh, so, you know, if you want to take some time to do that, I, I appreciate you being here with us on this, this Sunday morning. Uh, I looked out the window. I can see blue in the sky. So it's, it's about that time where the sun is going to pop out here and uh, grace us with his presence. I do appreciate Brother Dennis. I don't say that that often. It's uh, this is our second Christmas together, and heading into our third Easter. And uh, I appreciate uh, Brother Dennis. Brother Dennis came to us. We did, uh, uh, believe it or not, it is our fourth Easter together, Brother Dennis. We did a program in 2019 out on the water 
Brother Dennis came to speak with me and Pastor Booth was out there and we sat down and had breakfast right out there and uh, right out there. Mama Mildred was there. And uh, yeah, a whole lot of folks were there. And uh, Brother Dennis sat down and he said, Let's, we should do this at least once a month sometime. And I said, no, that'll never work. And here we are, now pushing three years. So I guess I should give Brother Dennis credit. The old man knew what he was talking about. So, Mama Bell? Well, I told you to take your sugar pills. I don't understand what took you so long. I'm all, I'm... I'm too sweet for that. Huh. You ready now? Yeah, let's go ahead and play. All righty. people that talk a lot that leaves you more time to talk a lot yeah I know you looking at your clock don't get happy 8 o'clock means 8 o'clock hey Matthew chapter 1 
18 and 20 is going to be part A or is a preacher that I like to listen to Dr. Jamal Bryant would say clause A and 24 clause B or should I say 18 is going to be more like clause B 20 clause A you'll figure it out with me when we get there verse 18 the second half of this says after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant I'm going to leave out the other half because I don't need you to think spiritual. I need you to kind of peel that aside real quickly. I know who it was. But as I like to say so many times, we get so heavenly minded with no earthly good. I need us to think about something very quickly. So just put that aside. Who Who's responsible? It's irrelevant to this case right now. Verse 20 says, but after he had considered these things, verse 24, he married her, but did not, sexual, did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and named him Jesus. Now let's put all that together so that it makes sense in a conversation. After... His mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together, before they had sexual relations, for those who may not understand what that means, that she was pregnant. And after he considered these things, Joseph, we're referring to, he married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until until she gave birth to a son and named him Jesus. If I can for a some time this morning, I'm not going to say briefly because briefly may not mean the same to me as it means to you. So I'm just going to say for some time, I would like to discuss, think about this guy right here. This guy right here. And if I could change that thought just very quickly to give it more context on top of what I said, I want to ask a question. Hey, Joseph, what were you thinking? Hey, Joseph, what were you thinking? I think I can work with that a little bit more. Kind Father, we thank you for this great opportunity to share to listen to this your case we ask that during these moments our time together that we can without shadow or doubt 
here purposely understand whatever you are trying you are saying and may we listen and hear clearly draw us more nearly keep us more dearly and help us to hear more clearly and all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy amen Amen. 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 Please forgive me for those of you who are connected to me in some type of way. It may sound as though I am getting into some business. I've been stewing over this in full disclosure, because of the issues that is going down with my dear uncle. I talked to Brother Dennis last night, and we had some conversations, and some of the questions that he was asking, I could not answer. I talked with my dear aunt as well, the aunt that married my uncle Joseph, who many of you would know is my grandmother's son. And she began to ask questions, the nosy woman that she is. God bless her heart. I don't have anything against the place. She just asked me the question. I don't like people asking me questions. And especially when you're asking me a ton of questions about stuff I can't answer. If you really want to cook my crawl, just keep asking me questions when you know I don't know the answers. Go away. Sit down somewhere. And so she asked questions I couldn't answer, and I found myself on the way to sleep pondering. I thought through a whole series of conversations, or a whole conversation, should I say, maybe at some other time I'll get to share it. It's more directly linked to that piece of business. But while I was thinking about that, my mind focused on this particular individual, Joseph. I thought about Joseph. Again, there's more to it than, than I would like to discuss today. I would like to say that and work on it a little bit more. It's really fascinating, this guy, Joseph. At least to me it is. But I thought about Joseph as a man. I began to look at men in a society that has for, for so long found a way to discredit men have found a way to somewhat destroy men. And in some instances, I understand why they have done it. I understand the horrors that uh, certain individuals from certain communities that are mostly men have done to the people that occupy earth, that have done to the other elements of earth. Men have been the destruction of our plant life. They've been the destruction of our sea life. They've been the destruction of our atmospheric life. They've even been the destruction of our human life. So I understand why there is this bitter and utter hatred for men. But at the same time, why there is this bitter and utter destruction and hatred for men, there's also this lack of appreciation for men. You go back and you pay attention to this story, and please, again, allow me some time to deal with this because it's fascinating to me. As I say, and I must say, and I will say it until I die, I come to church now for therapy. 
30-something years I've been in church, 37 to be precise. I mentioned to you earlier, for those of you who joined us before we got into our service, I appreciate those of you who have now joined us. You're a little bit late. That's all right. I understand how hard it is to roll over to find your phone. It takes a few more minutes, especially when there's a traffic jam between the eyelids. Sometimes the feet get in, get in an accident. I understand. But early in my life, some 1993, four or five somewhere in there, I don't know why I try to do time, I sat next to Dr. Murray. I, I learned under Dr. Murray. I understood church structure under Dr. Murray. You can't touch me in church. There ain't nothing inside of that building with the stained glass windows and the steeple that I can't do. I can rival and master with the rest, with the best of them. I can out-talk them, out-preach them, out-yell them, out-shout them, out-dance them, out-everything. I'm good in church. But it's something that has happened over these last three years that has really fascinated me. More than knowing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. All that's great. Not a competition I ain't never lost. Ain't never made a Bible study I could not defeat anybody in. But when you really come to therapy class with this book, it becomes a lot more interesting. Joseph, this individual, this man, that resonates with a lot of different pieces to a puzzle. Because despite all of the things that men have done within our time, despite all of the struggles and all of the problems that the male race, the male gender has caused, there's a lot of things that pertains to the circle of life that the man cannot control. The one true thing that is the apparent to a man's heart, every guy worth his salt, every husband worth same wants an heir. Someone to carry his name, but he has no control over that. He wants someone that has his blood running through their veins. But A, it depends upon not only the mood of the woman, not only the body of same, but then you have to deal with the situations that could come up or come down with it. And all of these things that happen to give the man the one thing he wants, he has to stand by somewhat helplessly, hoping and praying that some other entities can give him his dream. The man, the one who in many cases is wired to provide, wired to protect, wired to be able to control the narrative and orchestrate 
But the main pillar to his success, he cannot control. I wonder if anybody ever thought about that. She has to carry this child for nine months. She is responsible for his nurturing. If she does not breastfeed, if she does not nurture and cling, the baby doesn't come out and cling to his father. It clings to his mother. Its basic success and survival is depend on the mother and the man. His only job is to make sure there's pampers in the house, there's bacon in the refrigerator, there's milk, orange juice, and tea. And that was back yonder. Now we find ourselves in a whole different dynamic, a whole different cycle where gender roles have been redefined and the man who once at least had some semblance of an avenue that he could control, an avenue that he could dominate, now with women being able to go, and I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing, but good things can also present bad problems. Because it's one thing that I can't control this, but now I can't control this either. It's one thing when I have no say really in what goes on in the house. Now I have no say with what goes on in the marketplace. And I wonder sometimes, and I'm not trying to defend our friends or however you want to label them, I know that there is a lot of feelings. As we say in the street, I know some feel some type of way. I I don't want to I don't want to cause any problems. I just want to think. I would hope that in some cases, if there's something that can happen before I get to my point, well, just like Dr. Murray, I have to stand before some congregation and say, "Finally, my brother and I bid thee farewell." I hope. If there's nothing else, it might be 50 million sermons by then. I don't like to call them that. I like to call them conversations, moment of therapeutic thought. But no matter what, I would hope that somebody would get up over my grave and look first lady in the face, the cheerings or whoever, and say, you know what that old man did? He taught me how to think. How to process. If somebody can say that over my body, then my living would have not been in vain. Because when you think and you process, when you take time to think it through, you'll find that a lot of frustration, a lot of pain that you're dealing with, a lot of struggling that you're dealing with will subside. When you take time to really sit down and look at the picture, there's no idea that's bad. There's no dream that cannot happen. There's no process that is impossible, but everything just needs to be processed through. When you go to the store, to buy a box of cheese or a carton of milk and you go up to the counter and you stick your card in the machine, 
I don't care what machine you go to, whether it's one of those big boxes, whether they scan it, whether you swipe, or whether you insert. No matter what the situation or how it, it is done, there's always one word that will pop up. Never fails. Processing. Life is about processing. So when you process men, the hard question that I have to ask, and for some of you it will really feel like you're pulling a strong peel off of an open wound, a gaping hole within your soul. This might hurt real bad to think about it, but maybe our men back yonder were just little boys that was acting out, and because Nobody could tell them no because nobody could really control them. It's like a child that has access to a deadly weapon. All he knows is he's got emotions, and he's got this thing that does something, and he's just acting out of his emotions without properly thinking this through. I say that because I have the opportunity to go, and I'm going to get back to Joseph in a minute. Don't worry. I had about five extra minutes this morning. I went to the Museum of African-American Culture up there in D.C., and I looked on the wall as you go in, and, and the, I've said this before, the architecture of this building was ingenious because everybody starts in the middle. None of us was born at the beginning of time, and none of us will actually understand the true fulfillment of time, so we start in the middle. You walk in, and the first thing that you have to do before you can progress into your future is you have to first understand your identity, and understanding your identity means you have to understand your past, and understanding your past means you have to go down. So you walk into that building, and you go to the right, Go to an elevator, and you go all the way down into what is described as the hull of the ship. And when you come out of that that elevator in the basement of that building, and you hear the rocking of the waves, because it's literally described to make you feel. It's designed, should I say? Thank you for letting me blunder. To make you feel like you're in the bottom of a ship, just like our slave ancestors. And on that wall, some man put up there, what we're doing is wrong, but we don't know any other thing. We know this is bad, but what other options do we have? Could it be men acting out because They were surrounded by things that they could not control. And then on the other side, as Brother Dennis said this morning, the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Actually, he didn't say it like that, but that's Bible, so we'll roll with it. Because you got the women who don't understand the power they have and the men who can't deal with the power that they can't get, which leaves us in a pit of confusion. 
Men want to dominate all of women. Women want to dominate all of men. And instead of realizing that my power mixed with your power makes a superpower, no, 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 we can't work together. Ego and the inability to deal with things that we can't control always runs rapid. So back to Joseph. Because I've been thinking, this gentleman who's a part of a system, a social structure, Joseph was, we don't really know much about him, and that's something else I have to deal with down the road. We'll hopefully get to that at some other time. But Joseph, a part of society, a man who is doing the right thing, who went out and got a good job, made him some money, ready to take on a wife and live a successful societal life. He runs up against the buzzsaw of a pregnant woman. How do you deal with your wife being pregnant with another man's child. Now, there's two problems to that. The first problem I'm going to deal with, or him being pregnant or she being pregnant with another man's child before he got there, that's another piece of business to itself. We're going to push that down the road. Maybe we'll get to it, maybe we won't. But let's talk about how many brothers are now walking into relationships. And granted, you can say, well, the brother's got some children on the other side, and and so he's got his kids over there, and she's got her children over there, and they're trying to blend the family together. That makes somewhat sense to me. 113 million some odd Americans fall within that particular price range or that particular range, should I say. And then you look at the other avenue where some uh, 30% of our married couples today fall within that range where there's two different children or sets from different things, the Brady Bunch factor, if you will. But then you got a brother that has no children, that has no type of relation with any other woman, and he walks into this relationship with this woman. And he is forced to deal not only with the reality that he has a child in his house that did not come from him. It is not the fruits of his loins. Do not have his blood running through his veins. That right there in itself is the first problem. Because as I said earlier, the average man worth his salt wants a child of his own. God bless the child that has his own. That's a problem in itself. It made me think about my family. Again, I was talking to the always asking the thousand and one questions on And while she was talking, I began to think 
in between my annoyance about what I've dealt with in my life. Most folks know that my mother is married now. Bless her heart. You came to our wedding some six months ago now. I appreciate it. Oh, how time flies when you're having fun. And my mother was there with her husband, husband of, I believe if she's, if they make it to 2027, keep them in your prayers, they'll be 30 years, I believe that's the number. And I thought about that man when he got married to her in 1997 and he did the whole ceremony and he walked up and he said that he was taking on my brother and me as his sons and not consciously thinking about it until now, my brother and I kind of smirked at each other. I don't know if my brother smirked because I smirked. I don't think I smirked because he smirked because I had a whole different set of ideas within my brain, and I can't tell you what's in his. So I would just leave him out of this conversation and just stick to me. I smirked because I didn't care what that preacher said up there at all. This ain't my daddy, and you ain't going to make him my daddy. And now 20-some-odd years later, I asked myself the question, how did he feel about that? Now, granted, granted, those of you who are connected with my mother and no saying, you can somewhat have a legitimate claim. And say that that I had a reason. You you can't. There is there is argument there, but it's still as me being a processing individual. How did that man feel when he walked into a relationship with a boy who had already made up in his mind before he got there that he had no shot? He's still a human being. And he called and we talked and he said, Eric, you have done nothing to me. And the reality of it is, I did. Because in my head, that man had no chance. I did not want to try. And again, some would argue that I had a claim to that. I'm not going to go into my family history. Some of you may know where my pappy is. I know where he is, and I refuse to say it. But the point is, you had that piece of business, and then my brother, he came in, and that was another piece of business. And by this time, we was on number three, and I had already shut the door. But it still, as I reiterate to make myself clear, does not negate the fact whether I was justified or not. How did that man feel? I wondered that went through Joseph's mind. And then let me get to the spiritual part because, or let me get to the rest of it. I'm not getting spiritual, but let me get to the rest of it. Mary became pregnant. Now, she didn't cheat. That's a good thing. There's no other man who can come around and lay claim. 
There's no other body that can come and say, I won't take my child to the baseball. Don't you teach him how to play basketball. I do that. You don't teach my son about this. I teach my own child. You don't have any say. You It's daddy, daughter, data, daddy, son, time. That's me. You just sit there. You can pay for him to go to school. You can keep roof over his head. You can keep clothes on his back. I might send you a check every now and again whenever I'm not, you know, I stay between jobs, you understand. But but, but if I can ever scrunch up a couple of dollars, I'll send that to you. But but no no privileges. No privileges for you. That, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. He didn't have to deal with that. But now he's got to deal with the fact that God came down and somewhat ruined his life. Now, I understand my spiritualized individuals going, God didn't do that. He didn't ruin anybody's life. Well, let me see God come down and Bless your husband with another woman's child. Or yo, whatever the case may be. I was trying to figure out how to frame that differently to make you understand, seeing as I'm dealing about 97% women, so you would be married. And to some degree, now that I have sat there and processed for two minutes, it might be hard for you to understand what that man thought or even what that man went through, or what went through his mind. You want me to raise this child, to keep him under my roof. I can't name him. He can't be Joseph II. Well, that stripped me a part of my, my emotions, part of my identity, part of my ego, part of my heritage, part of my whatever. My name is still dead because Jesus is not me. He has nothing to do with me. So already, my firstborn, my firstborn son, and everybody knows, according to the, the circle of life, it's the first male that bears your name, so the second one can't have it. But then again, maybe it could. Tomato, tomato, depends upon how society wants to look at it. The bottom line is Joseph is dead. And this, according to society, he has to deal with that personal society. I won't double shack pancakes, please. And if that wasn't bad enough, then he has to worry about how people are going to respond. People can count. We might have all failed math class, but we can count. We can understand. Wait a minute now. Hold up here. You know what went down in the circle meeting. You know what went down in Bible study before they got started. Uh-huh. What this is. Let me see. We went to the wedding in May, and the baby due in January. Let me see here. Hold up. 
I ain't good at math. Let me think. Huh. Let me see. If it's due in January, that means December, November, October, September, August, July, June, May. Eight. This baby went in that girl somewhere around March, April. So either, Joseph, you was tipping around in the in the business, which you ain't supposed to be doing before you go before the preacher and God and say the I do's. Or you got another fly in your ointment. You got to know that went through his mind. You say, how do I know that? Well, read the text. It says, while Joseph had considered after he had processed all these things, what are all these things is what I just told you. He decided, all right, it ain't my kid. She already going to be looked at. Mary, Mary right now, because she's pregnant, I'm going to deal with Mary some other time, but she's already a hoe. You know it, and I know it. I understand we we got a Bible now, and we 2,000 years later, and we all sanctified, and let's stomp on the foot, foot and put on the left toe. But But look at it from the reality. Mary in the mind of the people is already a hope. So he got to deal with the fact he's marrying a harlot that's got somebody else's baby with somebody else's DNA, somebody else's emotions, somebody else's feelings, somebody else's ideas, who's going to want to do what? What are you doing, Jesus? I'm about my father's business. Oh, there had to be like a dagger in his soul to hear him say, I understand what you want, Joseph, but you ain't my daddy. And he had to deal with all that. He had to process all that. And after all that, he still decided, I love this woman enough that I'm going to take her. And then after that, I'm going to go to the altar. I'm going to marry her. And then I'm going to do the second piece of business that contradicts everything that is man. I'm going to take her home. I ain't going to turn off the light. I ain't going to get a bottle of Chardonnay. I ain't going to light no candles. I ain't going to turn on no Luther Van Dross and no Teddy Pentagraph. I ain't going to look at her funny. And I ain't going to touch it. Find me a man that's going to have a hot woman and just look at her. They think that man's crazy. 
Nowadays, you might say he's of the opposite persuasion. Oh, you part of the LGBTQ now, ain't you? You ain't, you ain't no straight dude. Because you straight dude, you go home and do something with her. I've been in that conversation. I know what the brothers is that is trying to wait until they're married have to deal with. What you mean you ain't going to touch it? What, you gay? What's wrong with you? All that went through his mind. And Joseph still stayed the course. And even though Joseph spent his life in the shadows, the main character in a story from the back end, and you never hear much about Joseph's complaints. You never hear much about him griping or getting angry or going down to the bar and drowning his sorrows at the Grey Goose distributor therapist. You know, there's different kinds of therapy. You go to the one up there in the Eiffel Tower with the couch, and you go down there to the one at the Sizzlers with the bottles. One costs you $100 an hour. The other costs you about $25 a bottle. But none of that happened. None of that was required or thought about or process. None of that. He saved the course. And that got me to my last part, and I'm leaving out you. I'm leaving you alone. Brother Joseph, I ask, how do you handle it? How do you hold up when the world is based on your shoulders? And yet in the end, you know you are not significant. To the end of the story, you don't find any references to him on a major scale. When you go down to the Catholic Church, they don't pray to Joseph. They care less about him. It's all about Mary. And the Catholics is Mary, and the Protestants is Jesus. Joseph is never even thought of. And yet, he is the main character. And the Christmas story. Mary couldn't have got across the desert to Bethlehem by herself. Joseph had to take her. Mary couldn't have checked into the inn, even if there was a room, by herself. Joseph had to do it. And he took on these two helpless souls knowing that in the end, to the standards of society, to the system that we know, to the culture by which we hold so dear, knowing he was nothing, and yet he proudly did it. And then, passed by that, 
and I'm going to get deep into my other thought here. I may have to do some things myself because I feel like that as I look around, there's nobody that can have this conversation more than I, so I might have to do this on my own, so y'all pray for me. He didn't even get a good funeral. You know why? Because nobody cared. That's the question that brings my attention to mind when I think not just about Joseph, but about our men. They'll get a tie for Father's Day and some socks for Christmas. But pass by that. Are they really appreciated? Do we really, truly understand what they go through? The thoughts and the ideas, the pressures of wanting to not just be a father, but to raise your child. How does that feel when that's taken away from you? When that's stripped right out of your warm-blooded hands, how must a man feel when they, when a woman uses that for leverage to hold over his head? How must that feel? I can only imagine what brothers go through just to have the opportunity, the right to see the offspring of their loins grow into success and to watch as some use it as leverage to destroy him. How does that feel? And then those who may not have that privilege, and the only option that they have is to take somebody else's responsibility, the man that dropped their children like they were used tissues on the side of the road, and he picks those children up and dusts them off, the dirty pigs that they were left, the side that they was left in, and he dusts them off and wipes the snot and the crud out their eyes, only for them to become a success, and he is known as the stepfather. How does that feel? I kept a roof over your head. I kept clothes on your everything you got because I gave it to you, but I'm the stepfather. This morning as grandmother comes to pray, I ask you to consider our men, to think about them, to pray for them. Brother Dennis, Pastor Booth, the many other brothers who swing by to see us that we may not know because we are blessed and fortunate and somewhat cursed with anonymity by this line. Would you pray for them? This Christmas season, that not only we appreciate that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, not only we appreciate the Savior that came into the world to redeem us from our sins, not only do we appreciate the woman who carried this son 
and stood by his side even to the death of the cross. Not only do we appreciate those two, but can we appreciate the man who shielded and protected when they couldn't shield and protect themselves? When Jesus was helpless, Oh, after he got up, Joseph was not significant. But until that moment, Joseph stayed there. Would you quietly, you got some men in your life, some children. You've heard the stories. You've been to CPS with them. You've been to Juvie Hall. You've held their hand as they wiped the tears from their eyes. You witnessed it, some of you. You know this pain. Would you pray for them this morning? And then would you pray for our society, our culture, our nation, the sick system that has somewhat normalized this, this idea? Would you pray for that? We ask you to quietly do that. I don't want you to call names. That's not fair. But I give you time to call God to yourself. I don't need to know your children's name and your grandchildren's name. But it's a great time, as Brother Dennis said, to get it out. Talk to God and tell him like you need to. Would you do that? And while you're doing that, grandmother can come and conclude as she feels fit. Gracious Father, we come this morning. God, we come saying thank you. We thank you, merciful Father, because in the midst of the situation, you was always there. God, we just want to tell you thank you. We don't understand, we don't know why, but God, we can trust you. And merciful Father, we just thank you for your grace. Your grace and mercy has brought us this far. And God, we lift up men everywhere. We lift up women everywhere. We lift up children everywhere. And God, we ask you to intercede. We ask you, dear God, this morning to speak to their hearts that they might see and can trust you and know that you are in the midst of every situation, that you understand, that you take care of every child that comes in the world. Some come one way or come whatever way, but God, you there. You permit them to come. You breathe breath in them, God, and we thank you. We thank you, O merciful Father, because you love us so much. You care about us so much. And God, we don't understand, but we can put our trust in you. You said trust in the Lord. And lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, in all things, trust you. Because you will direct our path. And, God, we just say thank you this morning. We just praise you, God. 
And oh God, as we come in this Christmas season, help us to understand. Help us, God, because we ourselves, we don't understand. We don't even know why. But God, you came because you sent your son because you love us so much. You care about us. And we can trust you. We just thank you for that this morning. Oh, gracious Father, help us to set our eyes on you. Help us, oh God, to just leave it in your hands and trust you and believe what your word tells us, God. We thank you this morning. We just thank you this morning, God. We don't understand, but God, we know you understand. And we know you're working all out for our good. We may not see it as good now, but God, we know that it's good because you worked it out. And we thank you. We thank you, O merciful Father, for all things. Bless this congregation this morning. God, you know what each one of us is going through. You know what each one of us is trying to see or understand. But God, we can trust you. We can trust you, and God, help us to put our trust in you. We thank you this morning, God. We just want to say thank you. We thank you because you love us and because you care so much about us. We praise you this morning. Help us to stay focused on you. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we go through, we can trust you. And we know, we know that we know, we know that you love us and that you're going to work it all out for our good. We thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, God, because of who you are and because you love us so much. We just praise you this morning. Be ever with our nation. Be ever with everyone, God. All those that's going through situations and problems they don't understand, Help them, oh God, to trust you. We just want to say thank you this morning. We thank you, God, and we love you because you say, God, in all things, all things, not some, all things, give you thanks. And give you thanks and knowing that you love us. Say thank you. Bless every listening ear. Bless everyone, God, in this season. And help us to rejoice, 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 and praise you for all things. We thank you, we love you, and we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory go to you. Because of you, Lord, we are who we are today, and we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Have a great day. Praise God.